Hey, this is Joseph Thompson. Thanks for listening to the Open Spaces podcast. Why don't you sit back, relax, and join me as we take a journey together into wide open spaces. And welcome back to yet another fantastic episode of The Open Spaces. And hey, listen, guys, um, my guest this week is no stranger if you were here last week. Now, if you weren't here last week, if this is your first time tuning into The Open Spaces, slowly put down the computer, back away. Well, don't put down the computer because I need you to go to episode one of this. This is last week, part one. This is part two. Because my guest is no other than Hopeful Clark. <laughs> well, she's hope to you, but hopeful to me. Hopeful, welcome to the program. Hey, thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, listen, uh, I don't have too many guests back. And I've never had a guest back, back to back. Uh, but our conversation last week was just so enthralling, so enlightening, so informative. I, I don't have enough. Uh, superlatives to describe it and so I felt like I needed to finish the conversation because we didn't finish it and so I'm so glad you're back so last week uh, we started and I I don't want to do a recap because I really Mm want to encourage the people to go back Mm -hmm. and listen to the full episode Mm -hmm. so I'm just going to pick up from this that last week you said something that struck me really profoundly and I've been thinking about it um, and I really wanted you to address this you said that one of the things that you're learning or that you've learned, one of your lessons along the way is that you've learned that there's so many ways to be human. Mm-hmm. Tell me, what does that mean? Because I think that you and I talked about it, but I think that our audience needs to hear this. It's fascinating. Well, um, growing up in a family that was a racially segregated mindset um, and then growing up and becoming an adult and choosing to marry a black man, I'm white, Caucasian, um, and then being a part of uh, the church culture, evangelical church culture, and then experiencing last year's political and racial polarization. Mm. There, is, there are so many ways and viewpoints to have about everything mm. that it's really helped me to have a lot of compassion for, for myself and for others as I'm walking through my own life. When I experience someone that has a distinctly different viewpoint than I do, it helps me to soften and embrace them as someone who is a child of God, loved, mm. um, incredible value in that human being. But I might see their viewpoint and think it's absolutely wrong mm. or not helpful. How can I love this person and be interested in what, you know, what are they seeing? What, how does this serve them to see it this way? Mm. What, are they, what are they thinking the agenda is? It, it just helps me to pause and go, there are so many ways to be human, mm. and I haven't learned them all yet. Help I me love see that. how you're seeing it. So you, what, you're, what you're not saying, in essence, is you're not saying that all of these myriad ways to be human are all acceptable, right ways not to be all. human. But no. it's important for us to give ear to understand why people think, believe, mm-hmm. act, and live mm-hmm. the way they do. Absolutely. Because that's their way of being human. Yeah. Interpreting being human as um, interconnectedness, uh, interrelationship with other people. Yeah. We've all grown up in these social collective bubbles yes. of our own countries, our own communities, our own religious paradigms, all around the world, yeah. on all different sides of the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody 
trying to work together, understand each other, and often have a common thread of ways of interacting with each other. And so then you bump into someone of an entirely different race or religious belief or political belief. They have reasons for believing it or seeing it the way they do. Mm. Even those who are, are doing very damaging things in the world, they have some sort of psychological or emotional reason for doing that as a coping Absolutely. Doing and it. they believe it to be 100% valid. Yes, they do. And they believe it to be true for them. Or they believe that their justification or reasons for doing it are true. And so I, it's, it's, it's asking myself to be more compassionate, to be interested in that, to, be, to learn about what, how did you get to where you are? Why does this make sense for you? I hope this is fascinating to me because, and you have a tendency to do this with me. You tend to pull out conversations with me that really make me think, and, and then they stretch the conversation so that we just go on for hours and hours because as you you are talking I just realized something Um, and by no means am I suggesting that a serial killer or a child abuser Mm -hmm. is doing anything of value to any human no but there's absolutely a reason in his Mm -hmm. or her head that validates why they're doing what they're doing yeah, it, they believe yeah. it to be acceptable and right because of something that was done to them yeah. or something they experienced, some loss, some abuse, something. Yeah. So that is their way of being human, yeah. as wrong as it may be. Yeah. And the only way that we can truly reflect the character of the creator, Jesus, is by not becoming that person, but by identifying with their pain and hurt, by saying... Tell me why this way of living makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I need to understand you. Mm-hmm. you. You know what's so fascinating mm-hmm. about this? <laughs> you talked about um, all the racial tendency t- uh, tensions and everything that plagued 2020 and mm-hmm. 2021 um, and that came to light, especially in the wake of the Ahmad Arbery murder. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we know that at that time, there were so many churches scrambling to sort of locate their theology in what they believed about this and Mm -hmm. wanted to be sure to express this the right way so they didn't offend white people or black people. I mean, it was just a political mess. Mm -hmm. Now, I was in leadership at a Mm -hmm. sizable church and was part of the, as it were, shaping the narrative, let's put it that way, uh, that Mm -hmm. helped people make progress in this journey. But the thing I wanted to talk about is none of that. It's more the fact that in that process, because I was arguably the the highest profile black leader on staff, certainly the most senior black leader on staff at that church, um, I had a lot of white folks uh, in the church calling me wanting to meet with me and take me out for lunch. And they wanted to talk with me, uh, some of them to help me see why I may not be understanding the perspective of the white man and others to help to, to, to say, hey, I just need to hear more from your perspective so mm-hmm. I can understand. Well, I had both sides of, of, of the sphere. And there was this one guy who reached out to me and I remember telling my wife, I absolutely don't want to go out to lunch with him. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm tired of being the, the uh, 
the, the black man, educator? the token, the token black man who who assuages everybody's conscience. Yeah. So I decided, <laughs> hey, sue me if you must. But <laughs> I decided I was going to get him to uh, take me to one of the more expensive restaurants and make him spend his money and all that. <laughs> but not only did he do that. I, I made a comment about the face masks of that particular restaurant. They had some really cool, funny-looking face masks. And he had her bring one. And it cost like 20-something dollars for a oh face gosh. mask. And he paid for it as well as my meal. I'm not going to go into all the details. <laughs> I'm only going to say this, Hopeful. Yeah. Today, he is one of my dearest friends. Wow. We yeah. have spent copious amounts of time together. Yeah. And we have... It, it's what I'm trying to illustrate the point you made yeah i have learned another way to be human yeah yeah he's a christ follower with such different philosophies than me yeah but he has become one of my dearest friends because i sought to understand him and he me yes and we've come to find so much that we have in common and focused on that more than on the things we and i genuinely we are the most unlikely bedfellows But I genuinely like this guy. And I know he listens to this, so he'll know who I'm talking about. (laughs) He'll know I'm talking about him. And it's just incredible. Uh, And I have two friends who are like that. So it's it's just been amazing. What if we walked around the world that way we took off you know what these costumes or identities that we're wearing there you said it that, again i love yeah, it costumes that, that's yeah, what they are costumes because we're acting. and we just felt the humanness of the other person uh, and and honored the fact that nobody's most people aren't insane they're choosing their viewpoint because something makes sense for them even if it doesn't make sense to us for sure it makes sense but to them we can take personal responsibility to be open and curious and learn Rather than make it their responsibility to prove us wrong. Which is fantastic. Because isn't that what Jesus did? I mean, the religious people pointed, look at him. He sits down and eats with sinners. And if if he was really a godly man, he would know what kind of woman she is. And she's touching him. He's allowing her to wipe his feet. She was human. She's a human. (laughs) It's incredible. Yeah. I I tell you what, it's, it's amazing how what it means to be human and how Jesus called us to that. He didn't call us to be gods. He didn't call us to be angels. He called us to be human. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is a perfect segue because I want to ask you next about this fact. Because, you know, in talking about this ways to be human, one of the things that you had to deconstruct, and we talked about deconstruction quite a bit last week, was you were brought up in uh, the Israelite identity, which made it very clear that um, God's salvation message, all of that, his word was really geared towards the true Israelite, who is the white Mm Anglo-Saxon. And then you decided to disobey God, tongue-in-cheek, I say that, obviously, and go off and marry a black man. Mm -hmm. So you are married to a black man who is a precious, precious friend of mine and like a son to me. And you have three gorgeous girls with personalities and temperaments as different and as varied <laughs> as their complexions. And I say that because it's interesting because they are mixed. <laughs> Kenneth is black, you're white. But even in their being mixed, each one of them has a different complexion. And the way my wife Shola likes to describe them <laughs> is she uses the example of milk in tea. When she, We're big tea drinkers in my family. And when we want to drink tea, we'll say... 
um, how much milk like like Salah or like Mariah <laughs> yeah. or like Aaliyah. You know, it's just so funny to to to, to see that. So tell me, really though, seriously, um, what's the journey been like? It's it it has been rocky and wonderful and in amazing. I mean, he he is my life partner. And uh, we are we were raised in entirely different homes. I was raised mm-hmm. on a homeschool farm homestead, mm-hmm. and he was raised in the inner city by a single mom. Mm-hmm. I was raised with both parents. He was um, abused in multiple ways, mm-hmm. one single parent. Mm-hmm. And and then we come together and knew we were meant to be together to sharpen each other, hone each other, mm-hmm. and create something exponentially more together. Yeah, and so. Um, we've been we've done a lot of marriage counseling. You and your wife have been our counselors for years. We've relied a lot on the wisdom of others and on slowing down and listening to each other when we don't understand the other's perspective or viewpoint on something. And I've seen you both <laughs> do that incredibly well. Incredibly yeah. well. We've had um, we've had a, a mantra in our marriage that we repeat often, which is "I'm not your enemy. We're in this together." Mm. What what is the goal? You know, coming, bringing, bringing everything back to a common goal. You know, you can argue about which way the toilet paper goes over the roll, or whether you air wash, air dry the dishes, or you hand dry the dishes. But at the end, it shouldn't what's cost the goal? World War Three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's you know being more about progress mm. than about being right or wrong. Uh, and that took a better part of the first, you know, seven, ten years of our marriage to, to let go. I'll of right be honest and wrong. with you. I'd be honest with you. That's a short period of time for uh, many marriages. <laughs> Uh, in letting go of that, those kind of uh, yeah, we leaned deconstructions. Into, we yeah. leaned into personal development um, very early on and have continued to lean into mm-hmm. it, knowing that just from the beginning, we, don't, we do not have this figured out, mm-hmm. but we want to be successful. And so we want to learn from everybody, any, mm-hmm. from those who have gone before us and done it well, mm-hmm. learn from those. Uh, raising kids in that has been yeah. fun because <laughs> we bit to bring in both histories into mm. the mix, you know? Mm. So I'm, I'm watching Downton Abbey with my oldest daughter and um, some fun, boppy Disney shows with the younger ones. And then we're all sitting down and watching Blackish together yeah. and laughing <laughs> about their episodes. And, mm. and then our girls are like, oh my gosh, you are Bo and Dre. <laughs> <laughs> and they are just like, Throwing their hands up in the air like like they laugh so much at how different their parents are. And yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm grateful to say my my daughter said the other day, I know God exists because you and dad are still together. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a testimony, huh? <laughs> Which one of them said that? Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And one of the things that we've done just we've kept coming back to with bringing in two ethnicities, two heritages, two, is to revere and honor both, um, to, to reverence the history, mm. but not bring forward the brokenness. Mm. You know, recognize where there was brokenness or poor traditions yeah. or, yeah. Um, you know, things that don't even make sense. Why, why do we still do it that way? What, what's valuable of that? But re- revering the history, revere the journey, rev- have reverence for yeah. the people, the humans, the humans that have walked this planet and done things that if they were in their, if they were in a different perspective, they would never have done what they did. They're humans. No, you're right. Uh, gosh, hope we could talk on that forever because I've often said, what did we expect the guy who was born to a Taliban family 
to become. Well, yeah. What do, what do you really expect of him? Of course he's going to try and be the best he can be the, to the please his mom and dad. Yeah. Yes. And it's so good. He's yeah. like, I made it. I'm there. I am that. So uh, <laughs> it's crazy. So the, the, the happenstance of birth is something that we take for granted, especially in the West. So we think everybody should be like us because oh, this is the best way to be. And I just shake my head because this is a representation of less than, I don't have empirical data in front of me, but less than 1% of the world. Yeah. We're a small country compared to the rest of the world. The rest of the world, yeah. you know, and yet, yeah. um, anyway, yeah. hopeful. Yeah. Uh, look, uh, I, I want to close this time because uh, believe it or not, we have less than three minutes. I hate <laughs> how time flies when we're having fun. I want to talk to you about the business world because I know that a few years ago you started a really, uh, what has become a really successful business and at the Mm -hmm. time, and here's what's crazy about it. It's a multi-level marketing business, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. And when you brought it to us, it never felt that way. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you brought it to me in the, the days, early days of my CrossFit journey, um, I've been doing CrossFit now for 12, 13 years or whatever, but uh, in the early days, and I was always complaining of aches and pains. And I remember mm-hmm. one time you offered to do an oil massage and then you brought this magic potion from heaven mm-hmm. called Deep Blue <laughs> yeah. and it changed my life. So yeah. um, talk to me a little bit about this business and especially now that your husband, uh, Kenneth, mm-hmm. has joined you in the business. Mm-hmm. Just talk a little bit about this. Well, we were, we were passionate about, about empowering families and people globally. And so we actually started a nonprofit 10 years ago um, serving people in multiple countries and um, just serving, serving, yeah. taking care of people. And so when I found this company, um, my daughter had actually had a respiratory issue for several months. And someone brought over these little bottles of these pure, potent, really strong, powerful essential oils. Mm. And overnight, her respiratory issues disappeared and she was like vibrant and happy mm-hmm. again. And um, Immediately, I recognized there's something here that's empowering for me as a mom. What is this I want more? Mm-hmm. And that began like a quick dive into, oh my gosh, I didn't know this whole world of natural health existed mm-hmm. and I can have it in my home. And you're telling me I can share this with others? I need, like everyone I know needs to know this exists. We were handling, um, you know, inflammation issues and uh, and discomfort in our back or digestive issues. And then... And then the emotional aspect for me began mm-hmm. to set in. Because at that time, I was trying... Remember on our last episode, we talked about trying really hard to be a good mom and trying really yeah. hard to be a good ch- yeah. church leader and trying yeah. really hard to be all exactly. these things. Yeah. And emotionally, I was screaming into pillows in my closet at midnight, mm. crying because I was so overwhelmed. I, I just kept thinking, this is what life is supposed to be like yeah. as a good Christian? Like, yeah. I, I, I you can't... You felt like a good you were mom, failing, okay. huh? Yeah. Mm. And... The, the essential oils were so emotionally helpful for me. Mm. They were transformative. And mm. I, I began to learn about our limbic brain and our body systems mm. in a way that I'd never learned in school. And this became a passion of mine to help and educate families to take care of their own health. Mm. And so it's now a business that my husband and I actually work in together. And we just we empower families by giving them control of their own health. It's, it's amazing. So um, there's so much you could say about that. But I think a better way is your presentations, because I've seen your presentations and that they really empower people. 
and help people recognize, oh, you know what, I want to be a part of this. So if people wanted to connect with you more and get more information, or if they wanted, is there an event or something? Mm-hmm. Can, can you um, mm-hmm. tell our audience what uh, the best way to get a hold of you would be? Yeah, so I live in Central Florida in the Orlando Lake Mary area, and we have a monthly event called Wellness Stories. And it's just a whole collection, group of people gathering together, sharing personal testimonies and learning from each other. It's so cool. So can oh. they do that this month? So this month, it it, it happened two days ago. Oh, okay. It was amazing. I mean, the stories you hear, yeah. the things you learn, bring a notebook because yeah. you're going to be writing down notes. So the so next one then. The next one is next month, mid-month. And um, the best way for you to find out more information is just Contact me on our website. It's mymy.doterra, D-O-T-E-R-R-A dot com forward slash pure hope. And then if uh, you'd prefer to email me, you can email me at purehopewellness at gmail.com. Purehopewellness at gmail.com. Yeah. And listen, you don't need a pen or paper to write all this stuff down. You've got a mobile phone. Just pick it up and speak into mm-hmm. it. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, hope, that's fantastic. I can't wait... Uh, for people to connect with you on that so they can see why I call you hopeful. Uh, (laughs) There's so much uh, to hope for in life and you are the epitome of all that. So let me close with this as I ask all my guests. Um, What are you reading or what have you just read uh, that impacted you significantly? And can you just share one life lesson from what you've read most recently that's impacted you? Uh, Essentialism by Greg McCowan. It's a book I read about four years ago, picked it up again, reread it. My husband and I read it. We kind of reread it again <laughs> together just recently. It's called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. less. Wow. Yeah. Tell that to yeah. our world. <laughs> yeah. Because more gets in the way of what really matters. Mm. Uh, less creates a pathway for you to create exactly what matters. The disciplined Pursuit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been life-changing to be able to hone ourselves and really identify all the things that we've been doing because we should mm. rather than doing because we deliberately decided to mm. and because they redu- produce the result we're wanting. Mm. To get really clear on that. I mean, we're 43, almost 44 this year. We've got children in elementary, middle, and high school. Mm. We, we want to we leave a legacy for our girls that teaches them how to be growing up and going forward. And so... We've got to get really clear and be really disciplined. Wow, that's incredible. Hopeful, thank you so much for being here. Um, You know what? Uh, I'm just so grateful that our families are in such close relationship. And uh, I I just love you and your family so much. Thanks for being with us. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on the Open Spaces podcast. If you enjoyed it, then please like it and share it with your friends. We'd really love to connect with you. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Open Spaces Podcast.